Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We would like to acknowledge that this podcast meeting is being held on Aboriginal land, the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and we would like to pay respect to their elders past, present and emerging and their multiple birth parents of children with disability. And today we're speaking to a media professional who's disrupting stereotypes, challenging and changing representations in pop culture. This podcast contains truth, laughter and sometimes the occasional F word. So you may not want your children to listen. You may choose to use headphones or earbuds or AirPods or whatever they're called and that's just the way it is. That's why we got the little E, baby. That's right. Hello, Mandy. Hello, Kate. Pod bar time. Yes, here we are. I know. It's starting to feel like a routine now that we're back for the year. Yeah. So it's weird because today we're recording on a – this week we're recording on a different day, throwing my whole week out. Me too. The kids are like, (laughs) what? Podcast on a Thursday? I know. It's like, yep, what? (laughs) It's only because of lockdown we were – had the luxury of having yes, a day. you realise that. Yeah, and yeah. now we're like, no, we're going to try and cling on to that. Yeah, we were able to have a routine because yes. we couldn't do anything. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the work boys are working, but I am, well, yep. I suppose I'm working. Yeah, but we are. I'm not in a truck. So yeah, true, that's nice. true, <laughs> true. Uh, would you like to introduce our guest? Well, today we have a beautiful person that um, has been, we met through our Instagram page and seeing all her work through Mm. Instagram. So would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Good morning, everybody. My name is Lisa Cox. Um, I'm in Brisbane at the moment. I'm a media professional, speaker, writer, and disability advocate, I suppose. Yes. Yes. Awesome hats. (laughs) Thank you. Good of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Good on you. Could you tell us about some music that you love to listen to, either in the good times or the tricky times? Sure. I, I must say I'm fairly partial to a bit of Dog Dolph and Night Mind, the old bit of techno. So yeah. I'm sort of sneaky sound system, Dark Punk. Oh, yes. And 
it's in my ears at the gym. Yeah. If I'm listening to sort of 90s classic Slay Salt and Pepper. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In Valentine's, if I'm not listening to a podcast, I love just having bright, chappy people talking in my ear instead of music. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll put the same sorts of things on, not, not really into the the sad, sombre music because that just makes me feel worse. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. I remember when, when I went to my psychologist when the kids were little and she was like, you just have to get all of that off your iPod, that was back in the day. Yeah. Um, you can't, don't have that music, don't even have access to it, ah. which is, you know, Spotify now you do. But she was like, if you just have happy music, why do you need to listen to yeah, things Yeah, no lamenting songs. Cry? Yeah. Country music, it's all about my, my dog left me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sorry, true. I love it, but oh, God, country music. I know, yes. I know. Yeah, that, oh, it's very true. Yeah. It's very lamenting. It is lamenting. I lament. think their lives were hard. I know. Fair enough. So yeah. it reflected their lives. And our next question, did you win any awards at school? Oh, God, I really feel like I'm resting on my laurels here. This, <laughs> <laughs> this was so long ago. Um, yeah, I did. I, some of them were academic, but a lot of them were, were sporting as well. So I played a, a ton of sport. Um, I have disabilities now but didn't back then, so... Yeah, bit of bit of both, and um, was really proud of them at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah awesome. What was it? What was your favorite sport, or what? what? Volleyball. Ah. I was a mad keen volleyballer. Ah. So I was terrible when I started, and just all arms and legs and lanky. But by the end of it, um, I was captain in the national. Sorry, captain in women's team at nationals. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just love that. I think I love the routine and the discipline and all those things that come with come with team sport and competitive sport. Yes, yes. What about my favourite game, Newcomb? Did you play that? I have no idea what that is. So it's, volley, it's volleyball without you, you're allowed to catch the ball and then you can throw it over. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, with, I'm with you now, yeah. Right. I don't know why that was called that, but I loved that because it didn't. Everyone, you could catch it and then you could throw it over instead of having to spike it or, you know, (laughs) sort of takes the skill away. Yeah, but maybe that was sort of what we learnt first, and then we played volleyball. I don't know, but I I have fond memories of playing Newcomb. (laughs) Never heard of it. Now what it is, but yeah, kind of, kind of not the same. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not the same. Oh dear. Okay, and can you tell us why you're a member of the P tribe? Yeah, sure. Well, as I as I mentioned before, I didn't have disabilities growing up, and I don't have kids with disabilities. But I'm now an adult with disabilities, and that I acquired in my early twenties. So all my parents through through living hell. Mm. And I'm hoping that some PEs in this tribe might be able to help me with what I'm trying to do around um, making disability more visible in mainstream popular culture and things mm. like that. Yes, of oh, course. We're on board the with that. are already on board. Yeah, 100%. Yep. Yeah. <sighs> Can you tell us a little bit about what happened, what was happening yeah. at the time, how old you were? You tell us in your words. Yeah, to, to, I suppose, backtrack a little bit, I was living in Melbourne. Yeah. I was 24. I'd done what a lot of people my age had done, been to uni, got my degrees, moved into state for work. Mm. Um, I was at Melbourne Airport one morning and without any warning had a brain hemorrhage. Mm. 
stroke. So I spent the next three weeks, um, uh, what was it? That's right, three weeks in a coma, on some life support, and over a year in hospital. Oh, my gosh. Lisa. It was fun. Oh. And that's what I meant by putting my parents through a living hell because at the time they were told, come to Melbourne, we don't know police, so we'll be alive in the morning. Oh. And then every day they'd arrive at my hospital bed not knowing if I'd be there and hear the machines beeping. I'm like, okay, cool, she's breathing. Oh. Um, so during that first year, uh, my left leg, all of my right toes, I, nine of my fingertips were amputated. I had, um, oh, I've had heart surgery twice, a total hip replacement. All the things that happen to old ladies at mm. age were happening to me at 25, 27. Mm. Um, and they're all of the, I suppose, the visible disabilities and scars and things you can see, but there's a lot going on with my brain injury. So mm. I'm over 25% blind, yeah. uh, chronic pain, chronic fatigue, um, clinically diagnosed anxiety, PTSD. Mm. Like that. Mm. Far more challenging on my life than, than a wheelchair or a prosthetic leg. And the, really? the yeah. Interesting. Mm. Do you think that's because other people can't see it? So, or partially, I, I think partially. And I've spoke to a friend, a friend of mine who who also has a brain injury, except he's walking around with nothing um, apart from a, a small scar in his neck, like I have. And um, we joked about the fact that I'm quite a quite lucky <laughs> to have a wheelchair because people don't ask twice or people don't make as, I mean, they still make a shit ton of assumptions. Oh, yes. All those sorts of things. But um, I, I don't want to say they expect it of me, but they don't sort of look at me as as strangely as they say, what the hell is wrong with you mm. if I'm if I'm doing something because the wheelchair say, oh, she's disabled, oh, we get it. Mm. It's so funny how we're just so obsessed with everybody reflecting what we think is average or normal. So, and a lot of us really face that from the outside when they watch people treating our kids a certain way, especially if their disabilities are invisible. Um, And you just think, why do we make an assumption the minute we see someone that they are the same as us in some way? You know, like just because someone may be hearing impaired or speech impaired or have sensory issues and no there's no allowance given for anyone no. i don't know how we change that that would be amazing well, we just got to keep talking yeah <laughs> that's all we're gonna do <laughs> come to get this from a non a non-parent point of view i've seen a lot more a lot more conversations and discourse starting around around these sorts of things so there is more awareness with the general public to just maybe not not assume but you're 100 percent right just just keep talking and keep bringing attention to the exactly what we're talking about not not everyone is like you no which is it makes life more interesting well, it sure does so when oh. you were in hospital your parents were living in brisbane at the time they were they my mum dad sister and brother both younger a little bit um, we're all living in Brisbane and I was in the Melbourne Hospital. So they all flew down to Melbourne as fast as they could mm. and then lived out of suitcases for two months and mm. I, I was sleeping on the hospital floor. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I finally came off life support and well, my parents were told they might have to turn it off at first. Oh, but my gosh. 
literally I came off the life support and they realised I'd have to be in hospital for quite some time and they decided Brisbane would be the best place for me since my right. family there. And so I got to, um, I don't remember any of this, but mm. they called me an ambulance and wow. came back to Brisbane. Oh, thank goodness. So can you remember being in hospital in Melbourne? Not a single bit. I, I There are memories and I don't know if they're actual memories or just crap that I've just come up with myself. Yeah, yeah. it's hard to <laughs> work that out. Yeah. So can you remember being at Melbourne Airport? No, I have amnesia um, before and after the stroke. So I don't remember the first few months in hospital. And even my memory before the stroke is is really compromised. So again, there are, there are sort of memories, but I don't know if they're, they're real or not. So I know I was in Melbourne Airport um, for work a couple of years ago. And I went into this this particular area of the airport. I'm like, oh, my God, this is where it happened. Yes. And it just brought a heap of memories and feelings. But I, I don't know if it was or not. So who knows? The brain's a funny old thing. It really, yeah. really is. It really yeah. is. And yeah. so then you, well, you ended up in Brisbane. And how long were you in hospital up there? Uh, what's, I was already two, two months and then another ten and a bit. Oh my goodness! All up, that first year was was over over a year. That is a long That's time. A long time. Yeah, my my anniversary was only two days ago, three, whatever, the twenty second of February. So right, That's when you had your stroke. That's when. That's when yeah. I my my anniversary. Yeah, well, you remember <laughs> it. Yep. Uh, I don't remember it at all. I just yeah. know that. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know, but I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's an important date. What happened in hospital over those 10 months? That's a lot to talk about. But what stands out to you? What were the times that were hard? What were the times that were made easier or? Oh, Geez, that's a really big loading question. Yeah. I was talking about. I'm trying to, I suppose, simplify it. It, it was, it wasn't all sunshine and roses no. and optimism and no excellence. And I was on a lot of medication at the same time. Mm. So I know one one memory I have, or I don't have the first memory. So my left leg had to be amputated below the neck. My family told me that. And I cried my eyes out, woke up the next morning, no recollection whatsoever. I just could not remember. So obviously brain injury, no no memory. So my family decided let's not tell her every day. It'll be like Groundhog Day and just mm. her. They, they left it until I was, um, I suppose, retaining memories. Mm. They told me and I just lost my shit again and was mm. really, really, really upset. Um until till finally I met another amputee who was about my age and she just walked into the room and I thought, this bitch, what does she know about amputations? (laughs) (laughs) She sat down and explained to me that she had both legs amputated, one arm and her other hand looked like mine with no fingertips. Mm. And she just casually explained how she'd done some study, just come back from Europe, was dating. I thought, holy crap, this this Someone who's just getting on with life and 
Um, I suppose, and this is this is my fault, is just as much as anybody else's. But all I had in my head were the stereotypes about disability that I've been fed mm. through years of of the culture. That yeah. Going to be terrible. I'm going to be miserable. I'll be. It's it's just the worst imaginable thing mm-hmm. that can happen. Um, turns out it's not. Yes. <laughs> but that's that's all I had in my head. So I had a, right. a few times like that where where meeting people like that really changed it for me. And that's one reason why I'm so. Oh, I encourage other people to as well share their stories. Mm. Not an inspirational porn kind of way. No, no, no. no. Uh, that's right. It, it is really important for those of us and even parents who have a child with a disability to have that, um, and I don't want to use the word role model, but uh, someone who can, uh, they can look to and go, okay, that is, that's not the representation that the media is giving me. No, no that's right. And even the hospital or the doctors and professionals, and I know it's their job to sort of give you that worst case scenario and this and this and this, but, it, you know, you want to. I think that the doctors need to sort of hang out with real estate agents for a little bit because real estate agents can put a positive spin on anything. You know, they can. You there know, there is no toilet in this toilet room, but, but you... the most amazing thing is you can now create this to be the oasis that you've always wanted a toilet to be. And you're just like. They can talk. So I think there needs to be a little bit of a mesh. Oh, there does. You're right. <laughs> Absolutely 100% correct. Yes. Because I'm, when, whether I'm speaking to a doctor or a, a friend on coffee, um, I, I don't like sugar-coated optimism. And, mm, no. I, I like to be told the hard truth. Yes. Even if it sucks and hurts a bit. But that's, that's just personally how I prefer to communicate. Yes. But, um. Yeah, there there are, are are certainly times when a little bit of a little bit of optimism yeah. doesn't go astray. My dad, for example, is the epitome of optimism. And when I was first told that all of my fingertips were going to be amputated, he was like, "Oh, but you get to keep one." No. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was so exciting. So, yeah, having having those people around me was was also good um, mm. because I, I had the doctors at one end telling me the the brutal truth, which is great, and then I had dad on the other side <laughs> of the fence celebrating the fact that I would get to keep one fingertip. one fingertip. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dads. Oh that's, no, that's they would have been in pain, and he just you know. Uh, they just, yeah, I mean, I, mine I, would say I, silly stuff too. He'd grab my daughter's hand when it was tightly in a fist and he'd be like, see, see, I can open her fingers, I can open it. I was like, yeah, but she can't. Yeah. <laughs> no. But, but they want to be they there help and support or try him and, and fix yeah. things or. And you'd put him through hell, no fault of your it, own. <laughs> both of my parents live in hell. I, mm. I've, I've said before that, you know, when something happens to me, am I okay with it? Yeah. yeah. Something happens to somebody else, be it my husband or my parents and sister and mom. I I just I crumble in a heap yep. and um, I'm better dealing with things when they happen to me. But if if the roles has been reversed and something happened to a loved one, then I I certainly would not have handled it the same way. No, well, we no. all just try our best. Yeah, we're yeah, probably just so happy you're alive. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. That's a horrible plane flight. I know because my father did pass away from a stroke, but he was older. Um, but I had to fly to the UK and on that plane, which is a long time, I was like, is he going to be alive when I get there? Is he going to be alive when I get there? And he was, but he, we didn't, he couldn't speak or anything, but it's no, in the air, you can't communicate with anyone. So no one can text you and say, it's fine. So your poor yeah. parents. Mm. Yeah, I, I know. And this is 16 years ago, so pre all the social media. Yes. And I think Facebook was just, just happening. Out. Yeah. So I just, yeah. I couldn't communicate and say, oh, they could probably text on the really old phone. Yeah. Yeah, whatever they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, 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 B, B, B. Yeah. yeah. But there, there wasn't that community support. No. So, yeah, so it's just unimaginably shit. Yes, and they were in a different city. What happened to your, like, your friends? Were they on board? Were they by your side? Did people come and go? Some of them, some of them hung around, but very few did, to be honest. Mm. And, yeah, that sucked at the time, but it's it's probably been a blessing in disguise because I don't, I've always taken the opinion that true friends are there in, in good times and bad times. Mm, yeah. They probably weren't real decent friends to begin no. with. And if they'd fallen off the wagon when when something happened then, then um, it's it's probably a good chance they would have fallen off the wagon if I hadn't got sick. Yes. If I got married or if I if something yeah. else great happening in years years to come or something really horrible. Can you remember yeah. when your leg was amputated? Can you May 30th. May 30th. <laughs> I, I only remember that date because it's also a friend's birthday. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yes, I do. And I I do remember that day. I'd retain, been retaining my memories by then. So mm. could could remember all of that. The, my leg, my foot was, was septic at the time. So I was, it needs to go. It was, it was poisoned in my body basically. Mm. So I was having these really, really hot, hot flushes. I don't know what yeah, to call them. Yeah. I had to be freezing cold and Dad would pile the blankets on me and then mm. I was just hot and cold, hot and cold. So yeah. it really was not a, a good thing to, to have attached. But no. um, it absolutely needs to happen. So can you explain why from having a stroke or aneurysm that your limbs limb needed to be amputated? Yeah, sure. So, because obviously there's lots of stroke victims who don't have mm. amputations, but what happened with me, I had my stroke and it sort of all snowballed. Then all my organs shut down. So every every single one I was being kept alive by machines. Mm. And when all my organs shut down, they put me on some medication, which um, in my, my non-medical explanation, brought all the blood back from my vital organs, sorry, from my extremities, my hands and feet, uh, in my vital organs. So my heart and liver and kidneys all had blood flow, but that meant that all my extremities, hands, feet, even my nose all turned black mm. and had to be chopped off. Fortunately, I got to keep my nose. Mm. But um, at, in, the, in the early days, my arms and legs were, were all blotchy, blotchy black. So the fact that I only lost toes and fingertips and one leg, that's pretty awesome because right. originally it looked like all four limbs would go and things. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked that it is it is what it is, even though I 
it would still be nice to have legs sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. I think it would be. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. And when you when you came home from hospital, did you move back in with your parents? I sure did, yeah. Moved back home with mum and dad and I was 25 by then. So yep. hospital was a shock to the system, but, geez, moving back home with mum and dad. No. <laughs> <laughs> I loved them, but um, that was a shock to the system as well. I so, bet. Uh, not, not having the same independence and ability. Yeah. And so um, having... And understandably, they were they were worried about me. So I drink a lot of coffee, and I wanted to just be able to do the basics, like make myself a cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah. Dad insisted that I wear a plastic apron so I wouldn't pour boiling water on myself. Oh. <laughs> Things like that. So I had to, I suppose, prove prove myself in some yeah. ways that I was capable of, um, you know, being left alone. They wanted me to get a. Um, Oh, what are they called? You know those emergency alarms? Yes, yes. Yeah, to wear it, yeah. Yep. They wanted to get one of those, but I was a bit stubborn. I'm like, no, I can I can do it. So yeah. it, it took a few months before they, they'd leave me, leave me alone and those sorts of things, but they were just amazing. So it must have been <laughs> enormous. I can't even imagine what to ask you in terms of what how you were coping with all of that. Um I, I was sad and confused, but at the same time, I was so grateful to be alive. Yes. Holy shit! This how how lucky was I because I wasn't supposed to be here. I wasn't expected to be here. So everything, whether it was making a cup of coffee for myself or it was it was such a joy. I'm like, look at me! I'm doing this. And yes. Yeah. You're coming was, back to your new normal. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I suppose I was I was relearning so many tasks over again in the early days back in hospital. Yes. Feeding, feeding, brushing my own teeth, um, learning to do all of that again. But then as I got out of hospital, just simple things like being able to stand at the kitchen bench. Yeah. And that was my my milestone. Yeah. I know you guys talk a lot about milestones. <laughs> I had some crazy ass milestones. Oh, yes. tell us some of them. Yes. Tell us. Oh, um, even even just being able to take myself to the loo yes. and shower myself—really yep. basic stuff like that. Um, I had to go back in the hospital for more surgery on my my amputated toes. My foot wasn't healing properly, and so every morning I'd have to have a shower with the Kmart bag wrapped around yep. my. Head. And just yeah, some some really really basic stuff that I was kind of stubbornly determined. I, I knew I couldn't do everything again. Yeah, but I was just determined to have a, a certain level of independence. So back in the early days, um, I was like, I'm going to walk again. This is it. I'm going to walk. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not I'm not going to be in a wheelchair. I'm going to walk. So I spent all day in a hospital walking up and down the hospital wards with one of those big walking friends. Yeah, yeah, yep. And then when I came home from hospital, Dad and I every afternoon we'd go down to the middle of the park, the local cricket pitch, and on a little wheelie walker like the old yep. ladies at the have, it would take me about an hour to walk a lap of the cricket field and 
that was that was my mindset. I'm gonna walk yeah. again. Yeah. Yes. I got to the point where I'm like, this is bullshit. <laughs> what am I doing? I'm gonna. I was. I was just my entire life was was rehab. Yeah. I, I thought, why don't I just be okay with being in this chair because I wasn't safe. This is the other thing. I wasn't safe to do any of this walking. Right. <laughs> Dad hovering a meter away for the entire trip. Yep. Our trip, trip the cricket oval. There was no independence, no freedom. I thought, screw this. So now I'm in a wheelchair and I, when I can, and there's not COVID, go everywhere around the world. Yes. It is the best. So yes. much freedom and so much independence. And I don't know what I was thinking when I, I first thought, no, I can't I can't be in a wheelchair. And I think a lot of parents will probably relate to that mm. in when they have a child with maybe cerebral palsy or and, you know, the main drive is to get them to walk and then yeah. that accepting of moving to a wheelchair is a really big moment. And so, I, you know, I think our P's will understand that from their perspective. Yeah, quality of life. I mean, oh. definitely everyone, I don't want to speak for everyone, but... My quality of life just skyrocketed the minute I, I changed that mindset of the only way to live is to mm-hmm. walk. Hey, you know what? I'm loving life on yeah. four wheels. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so be it. I know. And I suppose, you know, it's a little bit better now, but growing up there was no representation of people living happy lives in wheelchairs. That's right. They'd roll them out at charity days and, you know, everyone was supposed to feel sad that this person, you know, the, I remember having um, mum and dad had like a little bench on the, a little tin on the bench that you put your coins in and had a child in a wheelchair. Yeah. Like what yeah. What were we giving money to that child? And for, also you know? they weren't as, um, I mean, yeah, I, I can't speak from experience with the wheelchairs, but uh, they look to me like they've improved. Yeah, they were, they're much better. And, and yeah, I've only had mine for 16 years, but even in that short amount of time, when I think of the, the clunky ones that I had in the early days to now, it's yeah, massive, massive changes. Yeah. Mm. Yep. And so you were pre pre NDIS, so you've got some experience with having a disability before NDIS, and are you on it now? I certainly am. Yeah. I, certainly, I was working with the NDIS very awesome. Recently. Down Parliament House, met Julia Gillard. Yeah, right. Before she, before it all happened. Yeah. So, or a little bit of the of the happenings behind the scenes as well. But yeah, I'm, I'm on the NDIS now. Yeah. Um, I was probably just wanted to go back a bit because I've jumped onto that with the NDIS. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about how did you, so once you made the move to the wheelchair, then yeah. was was there then a moment when you're like, I want to get back to working. I want to reclaim some of that. Yeah. I was, my, my background was, I was a copywriter in advertising agencies. Right. So I had degrees in media, uh, business communications and media. Ah. And I'd sit there in team, uh, steering hospital, watch the television screen and just rewrite the scripts in my head. So part of my job was <laughs> writing TV scripts or magazine copy or, or something like that. Um, and in my naive opinion, I was like, oh, I'm just in a wheelchair. That's okay. So we talk about able-bodied people making assumptions and, and those sorts of things, but I fooled myself. <laughs> I realised that a brain injury was that, was what it was basically. Yeah. Um, so I went back into an advertising agency, started working. My ads were getting approved by clients and getting produced and 
loved it. But then I was like, oh, hang on, I'm, I can't quite work like I used to. Yes. And then I'm like, oh, this brain injury thing is actually a thing. Yes. So, yeah, it took, took me a while to realise that. Um, so it was it was only then that I started looking at the industry and the, the other industries in probably culture, media and, and fashion, everything, I suppose, that's not representing disability and thought, mm. I'm in a fairly unique position. Yes. Let me do something about this. Yes. So I held don't I? Yeah, amazing. So you've got a huge social media presence. Was that has that evolved or did you like go hard and decide to really smash it? <laughs> it it's definitely evolved if you scroll back for about other six years, <laughs> see me posting once a month. Yeah. I just have my coffee cup or something. Yeah, yeah we, we all, all did all that. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a history there. <laughs> so it's it's only been in the last in the last few years, I suppose, I've really um, got a bit a bit clearer and found um, connected with people who who have similar similar views and ideas to me. We bounce off each other about how how to do things better and mm. other avenues that can take that that message down. So it's evolved more in the last few years than it was six years ago. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. I mean it's amazing social media. I know it can be really bad. Yeah, we do. But it, it can be bullshit, but for someone with disability, whether you have one or you've got a shop. It's I I cannot imagine my life without it because yeah. I can't get out and about now. Yeah, mm. that is my I'm, that's that's my social connection a lot mm. of the time. That's what I was going to ask. Did you did you meet people? Was there Facebook groups? How did you meet other people similarly? Yeah, so I met met some people on um, Facebook groups and things like that. I uh, connected with people through social media. One thing. I will add the, for the piece as well, um, and I've, I've mentioned this before in other presentations, that social media is bloody brilliant, but it can also be really, really damaging sometimes, mm. like just, especially in the disability sector. Mm. There's some people there who probably need, and I, I don't want to sound horrible and generalised, probably need to be doing some some more work Um speaking to a professional and you know how there's that quote about you the equivalent or you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with yes. social media if you're in a Facebook group where all anyone is doing is bitching and moaning and it's justified so much of the time but these really really angry angry people mm. and that's that's going to drag you down over time if that's all you're feeding yourself so mm. true. It's so I true. I want to say that anger and everything's not justified because oh. it's it is. Yes. Yes, it is. And it, there are real moments for it. And yeah. sometimes, sadly, it promotes change, you know. Yes. Um, but, there, are, yeah, you can't, you can't live like that and you can't, you know, I get outraged and I'll see something on TV and I'll email someone or I'll, you know, call Mandy or whatever. But sometimes you then have to let that go because otherwise I just become that. Yeah. I don't want my kids to think that I'm angry all the time because of how awesome they are. Yeah. I'm not. 
Yeah, no. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, that's very true, very, very true. So tell us some of the main parts of your work. The main, like I said, I wear, wear a lot of different hats. But yeah. I, I was a writer by trade, so I still write, write for media and, and things like that. But doing doing work in, in disability advocacy, finding a way to, I suppose, bring together my media backgrounds and my lived experience in disability. So I've, I've spoken to a lot of brands and businesses who try and be maybe inclusive or represent disability, but there's there's no one there in the marketing department or writing the writing the ads with the copy who has that, that lived experience and can understand the nuances mm. of not turning something into inspirational porn or yeah. Um yeah, so I've been I've been working a bit with brands, businesses, even journalists, um, teaching them how how to do things better, and that comes back to them not just being not just being bitter and angry and bitching about it on Twitter, because mm. I I try to think about my advocacy in that how would I have liked to have been spoken to mm. as a twenty four year old copywriter in an advertising agency who wanted to be diverse and inclusive, but just mm have the skill set, the language basically and I certainly wouldn't want to have been abused on Twitter even though it wasn't around then. Yeah. But I really needed someone to go listen this is this is how to do it this is what to include in your script or not include Mm. and so that's the approach that I try to take these Mm. days. It's the calling in. The calling in instead of calling out. Exactly yep. Yeah it's really it's life-changing. It is life-changing. Because we yeah. all do things Every inadvertently day. that hurt people. Every day. You know, because we, oh, don't, we have. Actually all the time. Yes. All the time. And I don't don't know that that's wrong unless someone, and I'll say calls me out, but calls me yeah. out nicely. Yeah. Flies into my DMs and says, you know, that, that was a bad idea or something. Mm. I don't go out of my way to be an asshole. No. And that, in working with, with journalists in the past, um, both as someone who's writing and as a subject matter, they don't go out of their way to be complete assholes. No, they don't. They don't know. So and that's, that's fair enough. I've, you know, I've been there. I can yeah. see both sides of the coin. That's true. And there are people who are just assholes. They're always going to be assholes. We don't have to worry about them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They don't matter. They don't, they, you have to ignore them. That's the ridiculous messages that you just delete straight away and you're yeah. like, whatever. So, yeah. yeah. And the other, rest of the people, I like to think most people are good. Yeah. No, I, I go in with that. Mm. That mindset that most most people do mean well and yep. everyone has more going on than, than an Instagram or yep. something. Yes, of course. <laughs> so if they are having, you know, talking shit, then I think that they might have something going on in their own life as well. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. There's triggers everywhere. There really is, yeah. yeah. Tell us about, did you, you moved out of home? I did. <laughs> yeah, what was that like? Where did you move? What was the house like? I only moved five minutes away to oh, good. an apartment, so still had to stay close to mum and dad and close yes. to the hospital. But I, I was about 80 years older. You need to live close to a hospital. Hospital. No, I will never move away from the Royal Children's until we're not there. So yeah. I understand that. <laughs> yep. So, um, yeah, close enough for, for mum to come around every day. Yes. And yeah. But 
Um, as it as it turned out, the the apartment was awesome for me to get my wheelchair around and be 100% independent. But I wanted to be close to a gym because that was, again, going back all those years. I'm going to walk again. I just have to go to the yeah. gym. Yes. Um, but because I'm a bit piss weak in my arms. Um, <laughs> Of, of muscle, yeah. Mum still had to pick me up every single morning and drive me 500 meters to the gym yes. across the road. Mm. So, yeah, I lived I lived there for for a number of years. She wouldn't um, have minded that. She would be like that. She would be happy to see you every day, probably. She didn't. She didn't mind. I, I must say, my parents never once made me feel like a burden, even though I did that through no fault of theirs. They they were nothing but awesome. No. But, because I mean, you wouldn't have been a burden. They are no, so they love you. bloody glad you lived. Yes. <laughs> I have I have no doubt that I was. Yeah, but it doesn't matter <laughs> because it just the love comes first. Yeah, love. Love cancels yeah. out burden. Yeah, it yeah. does. No, to to anyone out there with which all your listeners are with disabled children, you fucking rock. Seriously. Oh. As, I, as I said before, if this happened to somebody else. I'd be a mess. If it happened to me, I'm okay. So mm. I have so much love and respect and admiration for my parents and parents of all um, children with disabilities, whether they're required or something they're born with because mm. you do a fucking fantastic job. <laughs> That's nice. Thank you. <laughs> the peas will be glad to hear it. Yeah, they will. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need any pumping up, but the peas do. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's people in all different situations there really and there's is. days where it's tough. Mm. Yeah. Be able to say it or express it. Yeah. Whatever even, but know that they are grateful as fuck for what you were doing, even though you mightn't, you know, you're doing something for the 10th time that day. And yeah. That even if they can't say it, say it the right way that they they really are grateful. Yeah. yeah. My daughter will say thank you. Yeah, yeah. Me. Yeah. Oh, definitely. But they're also teenagers. So. But this morning <laughs> I, I gave her a kiss when she was out the door and she said, I farted at the same time I kissed you. <laughs> I said, thanks. Goodbye. <laughs> so funny. Oh, dear. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. 
Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Okay, so you moved out, you're in your own place. Um, and then I met my husband. Yeah. So went back on the dating scene and that was shit. Tell yeah. us. Tell What's us. Why? Yeah. Uh, yeah, there were some nice guys, but there were also a lot of assholes out yeah. there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so different different sorts of people and I suppose I was I was lucky in that I had a, a friend with disabilities who given me a few warnings about look out for, for this sort of guy. Yeah. And, um the ambulance chasers was what she called them and yeah. the guys who were going to be on night and shouting out and save you from a miserable life uh, disability swoop on in and no thanks. Yeah actually I met a few of them. Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, met met my husband and then lived lived apart for quite some time and then decided that we wanted to live together and yeah, the the rest is is history. So And does he he doesn't he works outside the home? In Melbourne no one works outside the home, but <laughs> <laughs> he does. He works in the city. So I'm Mostly home, working from home, yeah. but I come out for meetings and, and things like that. So. Yeah, but you used to travel a lot for work pre-COVID. Um, mainly in the I probably travel more pre pre-COVID. I um I used to work in advertising agencies, yeah. but pre-COVID I was I was traveling quite a bit. Yeah, could be be meetings or speaking or or mm. something something else. And how did COVID affect you? Oh, I, I know it's been absolutely bullshit for some people and I almost had to say this, but... Oh, you I'll say be, your truth. I'll be fine. Okay. My life is no different yes. from what it's been for the last 16 years. That's There's what a lot of our peers said. Yep. My gym closed down and the coffee shop closed down and they were my first all problems. But, yep. Yep. <laughs> but um, I think that if... If there's one silver lining in COVID, it's that people are finally understanding how how shit isolation is. is. Yes. yes. Um, and I I wrote a piece about this for Cambridge Times and about the the lack of representation, not just for people in the, the disability sector, but whether it's a new mum at home or a mother of a disabled child, and yeah. even migrants and people like that. We're not hearing their voices in all of the discourse about about COVID. We're only hearing from, and I'll generalise again, sort of white middle class yes. journalists. And it's yes. just this one view of COVID. But we can learn so much yeah. from from people who have that lived experience. Like I'd, I'd love to hear from a, a new migrant, for example. Yes. They got through months and years of, of isolation mm. and just being by themselves at home and isolation was something that I'd had a bit of experience with because one of the um, issues that I had in hospital, it's called MRSA. It's kind of like a, I don't know, my non-medical opinion, <laughs> like a super bug, a, yeah. a really, really bad bug. Yeah. Um, so I was in an isolation ward for for certain parts of that and it was just me in a room with four walls and this oh. is before, before smartphones mm. so I spend the day scrolling on Instagram but I was in there for, for weeks and yes. 
learning how to overcome isolation. And it wasn't just once. There were, there were multiple times I was in the isolation ward. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, COVID's just been a lot, a lot easier for me. I know it's it's been horrible for for a lot of people. Mm. I've been very, very fortunate here in Brisbane. But um, it has certainly brought, I suppose, front empathy to, to people who I'd previously bitched in my bad isolation and sort of get the raised eyebrows and what are you talking about? Yeah. I, now they're, they're starting to I get. I got a taste of it. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. a horrible, horrible way for it to happen, but it mm, is what it is. It is. And I think, you know, I remember when I was just home with the kids when they were little and I wasn't at that point working and people saying, oh, I'd give anything to just be able to be home. Well, not the same as isolation. You're like, no, actually I'm just really lonely and I, I don't like being, yeah. you know, like so now once people have had the lived experience of being home for six months, I think there's yeah. a lot more empathy. Hmm. Yeah. Did, can you tell us a little bit about um, your role in fashion? Sure. So that's something... I've um, been doing a, doing a bit more of it. So I, I'm only pausing because <laughs> it feels a bit funny sometimes. Like, oh, model. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, you tell <laughs> us. <laughs> tell us. I didn't, I didn't go to uni to become a model. But, um, <laughs> I suppose my my core focus has been on changing representations in mainstream property culture. Yes. Not in politics or government or anything like that. You can't can't change policy. So I looked at all the areas of pop culture that I can um, influence or have an impact on or do, do something with. And fashion was one of them. I sat down with a girlfriend one day and went, why do we never see wheelchairs? Yes. Being, being representative of all disabilities. Yes. Like, we never see disability. I'm like, mm, red carpets, yeah, car walks. And we came up with a few ideas and and then just went, right, let's, Let's do it. Let's get on those. So, awesome. Uh, yeah, I've just just been um, doing doing some modelling, doing um, some runway shows and photo shoots for both inclusive fashion, so fashion that's designed specifically for people with disabilities. Yep. But also um, advocating for mainstream mm. brands to use disabled people in their advertising and communicate to us in their advertising in some way because I can't walk but I can chop and my credit card works. Yes, <laughs> of course. I want to spend those dollars with brands and businesses that mm-hmm. speak to me, represent me. Marketing 101. Um, oh, it's so obvious. Uh, Hurry up. Not just me but my sister and brother and yes. friends. Yes. There's millions of us out there. So it's I, I try to come in it um, as both a, a social justice, moral, morally responsible thing to do, mm. but it's also bloody good business. Yes, it is. A market share out yes. there. Yes. Um, at least 20% of mm. um, people with mm. plus their, their family, friends, carers, mm. who are just waiting for, for someone to shop, waiting for a brand to recognise that or value their, their dollar. Yeah. Disability dollar. I remember um, I'm friends with Emily Pryor's mum and she um, has cerebral palsy, sim- a little bit younger than my twins, but I remember she was up in Target on a big banner with her AFOs and I took my girls in and I said, look, 
Mm. Look at those AFOs. I could cry. Look at those AFOs that you've got on your legs that no one else wears in our community. Mm. And look at her up there in Target where we go every day. Mm. It was just, it's incredible and hurry up world more and more and more. Come on. Mm. Target has done some amazing work. I've seen seen a few things through my Instagram feed. Mm. That's the other thing when, when businesses or brands do something great like that, they don't have to spend millions of dollars patting themselves on the back and doing another campaign to say, hey, look how good are we? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> like myself and you guys and other people. I saw something on Dylan Alcott's speed recently. Mm. We'll promote it for you. Yes. Yell and scream and make sure everybody sees that bloody ad with the girl with the AFOs or whatever yeah, it is. Yes. It's amazing. Yeah, mm. it is. And I think also to me, even if you don't live with a disability or with anyone in your life with a disability, you see it and you're like, oh, yeah, that's more of a representation of what the world is. I'll shop there because yeah. they're actually just that's for everybody. It's like the inclusive schools. You know, we've had yeah. P's ring up and say I've asked specifically how many kids with disabilities at this school. I want my kid to go to one. Yeah. It's like when fashion, you know, stops at a size 14 and yeah. a lot of Australian women, me included, are bigger than that. And so then you're like, well, you're losing all that money. I know, it's so obvious. We're not allowed to be nude. <laughs> when it comes when it comes to fashion, I suppose diversity, it's it's been on the agenda for a little while, but it's slightly been around size diversity yes. and diversity. Mm. Once I was interviewing designers on a red carpet of a fashion show, and they were all talking about, oh, we're so diverse, our collection is so diverse and puffing up their chest and we're all proud of themselves. So I was like, yay, let's let's see this. And while, you know, it was great to see plus-size models and um, models with different ethnicities and skin tones and things, there wasn't one ounce of disability. Yeah. No, yeah. Disability. And I've, I've said before that disability is the least palatable form of diversity. Mm. So everyone's getting on board now with, oh, we need a, whether it's plus size or someone of a different colour. Yes. Um, disability still, especially in the fashion industry, will will not make a make any visibility. Yeah. Will not Yeah. The least palatable. It's so true. Oh. Mm. But we think the most palatable. We do. That's right. <laughs> we just think people are people, but anyway. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Oh, you're doing amazing work. Yeah, you really Were are. You we'll meant- tell our peas to follow you on Insta. Yeah. We'll put it all in the show notes. Were you meant to go to New York Fashion Week or did you get there? Bit of both. Bit of both, I, okay. I virtually got there. So ah. I, was, I was supposed to be going over. Oh, and that was that was pretty exciting, you know, fashion week to be. Yes. Mad. But of course, nobody could go anywhere. I couldn't even go down to the cafe. Oh, <laughs> disappointing. Yeah, virtually, I went over there, um, and a couple of months before that, I was supposed to go to Philadelphia for another another um, runway show, and so that was bloody COVID. Yes. Uh, that was fun as well, but um, yeah, luckily I got to do things like Mercedes Benz runways and panels and, and things like that just here in Brisbane. Mm. Um, but yeah, New York Fashion Week, unfortunately, yeah. couldn't get over. Oh, there. I hope you get to do that again. Oh, no. Come one on, day. come on, vaccine work. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> How do you cope with travelling? How do you manage that? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not awesome. Mm. Uh, so uh, I have a pressure injury. Mm. I if anyone has any what they call background, it was a stage four pressure injury on my sacrum. Mm. I basically got that from lying, um, lying flat in the bed on my swap for two months. Mm. And that still today causes me more pain than, mm. than most wow. things. Even now when I go in and see some really awesome looking cafe chairs, I can't, can't sit, sit on them. On them. They're just wood or cement or yes, <laughs> yes. Everything in my in my house is is padded. Yes. Mm. My butt, including my shower chair. Yeah. So yep. I, I still have a lot of problems with that. And um, sitting for long periods on a plane, mm. I have peripheral neuropathy yes. or no pain in my in my remaining foot. Mm. That flares up, or my my joints get angry at me for not, I suppose, for dehydrating myself because I don't have a catheter ring like that. Yes. So I need yes. to Yeah. To prevent that, I just don't drink water. Yep. Yes. Um, and so my body's a bit of a bit of a mess by the, yeah. the time I, I finish flying. And Melbourne is about my limit, I think. Yes. Um, yeah, I was on a plane and then I'm, I'm not much of a happy camper. So yep. we try and go to Singapore once, but yeah, once once again that didn't didn't work too well. So we have been to America, but it was it was a living hell. <laughs> so yes. I go back there because I have family and friends, but over there. But um, yeah, I don't know if that'll be happening anytime soon because I I need a flatbed to. Yeah, to you Qantas need to give you first yeah, class. Yeah, they do first class oh, lie down. Yeah. That's what they need to give yes. you. And yeah, maybe. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is very clear. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's not a result of wanting. Wanting free champagne. No, 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 no. I love the aisle if they let me. Seriously, yes. I just need to be able to um, stretch myself out, yeah, or of even course. even um, roll roll myself over on both sides. But what I did discover in my last or my only trip to um, to America was that I think it's in New Zealand have this thing called the. Oh, the, the sky couch or yeah. something like that. Like, your other listeners might be interested to know who have, who have kids who need the extra room because you basically have to be a kid to fit in it. Mm. Um, they add these uh, attachment things to the to the chair that basically makes it like a, a double sized bed. Oh. I'm just really, really poorly. Please <laughs> do that. <laughs> we can look it up. People can Google it. <laughs> Do, do have a look if there's if there's peace out there who are looking for other ways to travel who might need some some additional help with with restrictions for movement and everything. Mm. But that's the the only reason or the only way we could get over to there. I'm nearly six foot tall, so for me it wasn't great. No, um, I still had to curl myself up, and you can't curl up prosthetic legs. So no, <laughs> yeah, no, no, you definitely you. You can't even go business. You have to go first. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we're telling the world. How, do you put the prosthetic leg on every day? I do. Every morning I get up and get dressed, put my leg on, and then take it off when I go to sleep. And I've, I've done speaking to little kids before and 
they ask, you know, what, what do you do with your leg when you have a shower? I'm like, well, you don't need to take your shoes off for, for a shower and to go to bed. I did the same thing. I take one shoe off and my leg, and that's it. So it comes off only for sleeping and having a shower. Yeah. Right. And does it cause you pain or discomfort the where it slits, slots in? I not not generally. Okay. Um, I don't have any phantom pain or anything like that, but I have developed um, like pressure injuries and things like that mm. in the past um, from it perhaps not not fitting correctly and mm. kind of kind of funny. Where I laugh about it anyway. But you know, women worry about um, putting on weight because they won't fit into their jeans. And oh, yes, because <laughs> I, I won't fit these freaking legs. Yes. <laughs> That I'll is very it. important. That's right up there in targeted <laughs> weight, you know, worries. Last, last time I, I did put on weight, I got a fresh injury from it. So Yeah, well, fair enough. <laughs> I know that just through watching the girls with their AFOs. Every year we have to get new ones through all the growth. Mm. And then I was yeah. like, right, now we stop growing. This won't change. But then, yeah, COVID, relax, put on some weight. Calf can't get in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. You can't have sort of like your tracksuit day leg and then your yeah. other leg. <laughs> yeah, you need that. You need that. Yeah. <laughs> what um what about how how do you buy shoes for your prosthetic? Can you buy two of is it the same size as your other foot or do you have to buy different yeah, sizes? No, no, because my other foot has no toes, it's like a size five. Yeah. And my prosthetic is size nine. Yep. I just I just buy a size nine and um, deal with the the space in the front Do of my. Do you? Yeah, so I don't wear open toed shoes yep. because it would yeah there's there's nothing there for them. So I tend to wear um oh, what do you call it like boots and things like yeah, that. Yeah. Very recently, I haven't got it yet, so it's very, very exciting. I'm getting prosthetic toes. Ah. Oh. I'm excited. Right. <laughs> Tell us about them. I've been wearing jeans and boots in the middle of Brisbane. So oh, you've been boiling. Because, it, yeah, I just just do, and it's fucking hot. Yes. So I'm getting prosthetic toes, not for cosmetic reasons because I really don't care what they look like, but yeah. just so I can wear open toe shoes yeah. and they'll stay on my foot. Yes. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. So my my leg person, they have a proper name, but I call them a leg <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they're making, making me some toes at the moment. And so. how does that go? Do they just, do you put them on every day the same as your leg or? Well, I won't. I won't wear them unless I'm wearing the open toe shoes. Yeah, okay. So I'll probably run into Kmart and grab grab some sandals. But I'm just I'm just thrilled that I can wear wear some normal normal shoes and be be cool and not yes. have to, I can't come. It'll be too hot. Yeah. Shoes are such a big part of the disability world that I just the everyday person just do not understand. No. I was I was a a shoe theme before, yeah. and I was so distraught at having to give up my shoe collection. Yes. I put it home and gave them all to my sister. I bet. <laughs> you don't want to look at them. It reminds you. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Oh, now, you, you've written a book. Have you written a book? Am I making that up? Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. You've got <laughs> you were just looking at me like, no, I have not written a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take that one. Um, 
Yeah, so I, I did the first one was called Does My Bum Look Big in This Ad? That was media literacy and body image. So oh. I was to a lot of teenage girls at the time about body confidence and body image. And this was before I got more into disability advocacy and mm. just talking to them about how, one, talking about disability a little bit, but speaking to them um, as, I suppose, as they were body kids, mm. I mean, you can, you can look different and be okay and still love your body. Mm. I'm covered in scars and missing pieces, but it works and that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. So I, I talk them through all of those things because turns out 17-year-old girls have had quite a few hang-ups yes. without possibilities. Yes, they sure do. Mm. Yep. So I'd always leave and then always be more questions and I'd never have enough time. So I put, put a little book together that basically was a behind-the-scenes look of my time in media and this is how we edit photos and this is what we do to the photos. And so by the time you see them on your screen or in the magazine, back then there were magazines, yeah. <laughs> um, the models, they don't even look like the models because we've we've edited them that much and I wish someone had told me when I was 17 that those images aren't real. There's this mm. crazy thing called Photoshop because I'd look in back then, Dolly Magazine, yep. just, oh, my skin's not like that. Oh. Uh. Um, I, I just I just had had no clothes. So that wasn't wasn't specifically about, about disability as such. But then I moved more into the into the advocacy space. So, I do write and speak for disabled and, and non-disabled people. So a lot of my Instagram content, yes, is about my stories about disability or something, but I'll, I'll add that this isn't just a disability thing. Like yep. it, it's relevant to everyone. Just mm. be, um, you know, apply whatever is more relevant to your situation. Yeah. And was there a second book? Was that your first book? Is Have you got a second one? Yeah. That's a, a basically a version for the boys. Ah. Yeah. Oh, tell us about it. The same. The same, the same, again, media literacy and yeah. body image, but more of a focus on the muscles and the things. Ah, uh, yeah. Like just the boys and, mm. and those, those sorts of things because mm. there wasn't, um, there was some really great recent stuff out there from academics and, and people like that, but there was nothing for the young people themselves. So I don't talk about the book much these days because it's it's old, yep. old as okay. magazines. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Things change so quickly, don't they? No, I know, yeah. but I, I do work um, with beautiful minds speaking about young people to anxiety, about um, anxiety and depression now mm. and still bring in a lot of those things about body confidence mm. and body image and but a you know, make it applicable to scroll through Instagram or what's yeah. on your feed or what's on the screen. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's been so great to talk to yeah, you. Yeah, I think we should finish up, but we could talk to you forever. Yeah. <laughs> have we missed Have we missed anything that you would love to tell the P-Tribe? I would love to make a, a big, big please call out to the P-Tribe. There has to be somebody out there, either yourself or your partner, your friend, your neighbour, who is in a position to help create change. So we can mm. all advocate all day, every day on Facebook, Twitter, wherever the fuck we do it. But at the end of the day, it's those decision makers, the brand managers, 
um, the creative directors, those sorts of people who are making who are making the decisions about what talent goes yes. into and it's the awesome brand manager at Target or whoever does their advertising mm. who made that decision to say, hey, let's do this. We need more people like that and there have to be some P's out there who who know people who know people. Oh, there definitely yes, is. Definitely. Come no, on. Yeah, yeah. Get in touch with me and I'll, I'll help um, – I'll help get you in touch with some people who might know more than more than me about it. But um, advocacy is is only one part of it. It's being able to work with those decision mm. makers and, and really educate them in a way that um, makes sense to them in a way they understand. So hopefully there are some peers out there who who might might be able to help them with that. Definitely. Hopefully. Yep. Yep. They will. Come on, the peas never let us down. <laughs> <laughs> the best group of people ever. Yeah, the best group of people yes. ever. Thank oh. you, thank you, thank you for being a part of our show. Yes, giving thank up your you, morning Lisa. for us. Yes, we have been Hello. lovely to meet you and hear a little bit about your story. You could probably have your own podcast, hey? Yeah, you probably definitely could. You probably definitely could. <laughs> so, yep, if you do one one day, let us know. Yeah, that's right. And if we ever get to Brisbane, if these borders oh. open up. Yes. We will come Please and say hi. Come and drink coffee with me. Oh, 100%. We'd love to. We'd love to. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>wasn't she gorgeous oh she's beautiful and she's beautiful inside and out piece yes you know not that appearance matters but she's stunning yes yeah, she is and she's she's just kind and she's been supportive of us so supportive she? of us yeah. yeah she's lovely particularly when we had some um criticism yeah she was she lovely came in and said yeah you know she was kind to us yeah she's really lovely so I'm, i've you know, fangirled her for a while, so I'm quite yeah, excited yeah, to yeah. actually lovely to meet get to her. virtually meet because we never get to meet anybody I anymore. Know. Thank you, COVID. Oh. Anyway, um, what I wanted to say before we do our cry life difference, yes, I thought I might start this new segment where I read some of the comments from the people who've given us money through the supporter. Oh, great! Yep. So oh, good idea. I can go back through them, but this one's topical if you've listened to any of the episodes this year. Uh huh. The first one is from Erin. And she's given us $10 to buy trees to offset our paper diaries. <laughs> Thank you. So we will buy trees. Manny and I will go to Bunnings. I will. And we will buy the same little plant. And oh, we'll- that's very cute. <laughs> Sorry. All right. <laughs> that's I'm the still, best. The amount of laughs that we had from the last speak pipe that we oh. put out, I can't even tell you. People absolutely loved and that I episode. I listened to it again. I was... Just laughing. Oh, so when hard. I was listening through for the show notes, I just was. I thought the you peas are so funny. Oh, no. We need more. But we love those. And Kate, who has a great name, obviously, she gave us a lovely donation and just wrote Gorman dresses. Oh yeah. wow! Really? So, yeah. Oh, that's really. And nice. there's lots of anonymous donations, and we love you. And I completely understand the need to not put your name there. Um and. They, I will read all sorts of ones, but I thought, oh, I'll let people know the cute oh, things that people nice. write. I will buy in a new dress yeah. Any so, day. <laughs> Mandy's already, she's gone. See ya. Oh. <laughs> I'll have to do cry laugh difference on my own. Well, it's a big deal for me to even sort of consider. I just, I just haven't been like that. No, for, no. 
15, 16 years yeah. to be able to just go, oh, I'll just buy that dress. Never. Yeah. No, never. So thank you deal. for your so generosity. You. Yeah. And all of the rest of you, remember, it is going to fund our beautiful booklet, That's which right. will which be coming final, out. It's, it's in its very yeah. final. Kelly is just finally tweaking it all. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, things We've like this take changes. time. Yeah, and there's just like how, how does a page look and this yes, page look to that one. Yes, and, and has yeah. everyone got the right amount of photos? And, yeah, yeah, that's so, right. So don't worry, it's coming. It's coming. Anyway, so cry life difference. This week I cried, I went to a wedding and when the speeches were done, the son talking about his father and oh. it, if I could be half the man you oh. are and I just love you. And the, he couldn't speak, the son. Oh. He just choked up the whole way through. And to see a 31-year-old man Love his dad so oh, desperately was goodness. Oh, you couldn't. There wasn't a dry eye in the house, and also just seeing the sound engineer and his beautiful girlfriend. Oh, they look so beautiful, they and you just so you know you just have those little moments of wow. That's my son. That's my son. Yeah. yeah so who's was, listening right now? Yeah, but he's listening. He looks so handsome <laughs> in the photos. Yes. Oh. What made you cry this week, man? I cried watching This Is Us again. Um, <laughs> Anyway, no one else cares about me watching This Is Us, but I cried. But I also cried listening to one of my all-time favourite podcasts, Terrible Thanks for Asking. Oh, yeah. And I haven't listened for a while. Yeah. So she um, had an episode where people were just truth-telling, like, oh, in the yeah, pandemic. Yeah. Um, and it was a lot of peas. Really? Because generally that podcast is about talking about grief in terms yes. of death. Yes, it is. And so um, she, she was just... Did a call out, how is everybody? Because America's parts of America have been locked down for a year. And how is everybody and how are people who are carers yes. and doing caring, all different types of yes, caring. With no support. But basically the entire episode was peace, right? Wow. And I was just howling in the car, just oh. thinking, you know, just listening to the truth. Yes. Because it's like the speak pipe. Yes. It's people yes. doing that as well. So yeah. you just listening to oh, people's have to truths. Yeah. We'll link it in the show notes and you can it really can um it yeah. was very moving and I, I just credit Nora McInerney. Oh yeah, she's amazing. Because she was the first it was the first podcast that I thought wow I mean it wasn't my people but it was talking oh, it, was it was truth telling in a podcast. Yes. And I mean we're not as clever as her. She's, oh, no, no. she's got big media behind her. Yes, but, she's amazing. Um, but it was letting people tell their real life stories. Yeah. So I'm I'm yeah, I love her. I love terrible things yeah, for yeah. yeah, I love it too. Yeah. But yeah. So and my make a difference this week even though this sounds like a ridiculous thing, is we've got a puppy. <laughs> yes, all of a sudden. All of a, all of a sudden. sudden. Well, we've had our name down for a while yeah. and then, we, you know, pandemic, everyone wanted dogs. Now pandemic's finished, people not so keen. So we got one oh. um, and she's just little Maisie and she's so cute and, you know, of course she's pooing and weeing everywhere. But when we got our um, my beautiful Bindi that I love very much, who's 12, I the the boys were three. Yes, I don't remember. And my life was absolute chaos. I think it was peak chaos and running kids to all after-school activities. And I can't even remember. I didn't have fun with her either because I was so busy. Been so much work. I was just coping yeah. and surviving. And so this little one, oh, oh. just like my mum's come down a few days to just play with her and dog yes. sit and my nephew's written a huge essay to his mum and dad about why he wants a little dog because they've got a big dog. And anyway, she's just this little chocolate brown ball of fluff. And don't at me for not rescuing. I 100% would rescue. I'm very allergic and I can't have anything that sheds. So I have to have some poodle in there. Yeah. So which I did go to um, Comedy Republic (laughs) 
<laughs> the other night and they had this amazing comedian and she said, what is it with Melbourne? Um, every single dog's curly. You're- <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of cavoodles. I was like, there's a lot of spoodles uh, yeah, and oodles there and groodles out there. <laughs> There is so me anyway, included. What was your difference? Well, we had our SSG this week, which is student support groups. Mm. So when you've got a child with a disability, either in mainstream or special schools, mm. you have these meetings every term with the teacher. Now we mm. hadn't met Molly's new teacher. Mm. It's the first time she's had a man. Oh yeah. And so we did it over Zoom and he was a delight. Yay for peaches. Oh my gosh. And it was just yeah, Darren and I were there, Molly in the middle of us, you know, and it it just he already knows her after a couple yeah. of weeks. He um, picked up some stuff that was true. Um, he was, oh, just the ultimate special school teacher. Yeah, he was awesome. lovely and funny. And, you know, I said, oh, when she goes on school camp, she'll just need a bit of a hand doing her hair. And he's mm. bald. And he goes, yeah. well, it won't be me. <laughs> But, you know, just fun. He tells yeah. a joke. He tells three jokes every morning. Oh, so she told me that's it. how they start the day. Oh. So this was part of my laugh too because Darren goes, I think all bosses need to start the day with three jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I so, agree, Darren. Do you agree? Yeah. So he's like, Can, I think there's, I think, you know, you imagine you're, you know, in a big Zoom with everyone <laughs> from the NAB <laughs> and the CEO goes, right, okay, good morning. But anyway. Let's start with my three jokes. <laughs> Did you hear about the the <laughs> zoo with the- only one dog? The Shih Tzu. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we t- said to the teacher, we love that idea. And he said, well, it just it brings everyone happiness yes, to start the day with and jokes. that's what we want. So afterwards, oh, this is going to make me cry too, but afterwards I gave her a big cuddle and I said, oh, I really like your teacher. Mm. And she said, I'm so happy at school I can't even close my mouth. Oh, baby girl, she's she's so beautiful, yes. (laughs) And this is what the difference a teacher can make. I know. That is a profound statement from her. I'm so happy at school, I can't even close my mouth. I love her. I know, she Mm. just says the most beautiful things. She really, really does. Oh, my goodness. So that made a huge difference. Huge difference. And then I felt like I could go out to the rest of the family and say, wow, she's got a great teacher. Yeah. You know, like it wasn't like... Sometimes, like uh, at special schools, you feel like they're in a lesser place. Yes. I did. I don't feel like that. no. She's not. It's awesome. No. No. Yeah. Um, and do you? Um, so I've got two laughs this week. If that's okay. Um, yeah. My first laugh is if you've listened to the snap pee, <laughs> that will have made you laugh. Yeah. But there's um, a story in there about a mix up about marijuana drugs. Yes. Right? Anyway, our beautiful friend Jenny. Man, do you know friend Jenny? And she has a new grandson. I'm probably going to pronounce his name wrong, but I think it's Etienne. Yep. They're, they're French. Yep. And so she was getting a charm bracelet or something engraved and was trying to explain to the man she wanted an E with the little, oh, I'm going to show my ignorance. What's it called? I know people are just punching the. What? I the, don't know. On the top of the E, the little line. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do know. Anyway, I'm very sorry, but good for all of you who guessed and yelled at me. Um <laughs> The accent. Yes. But Is that it's, what it's called? Okay. Okay. Yep. So <laughs> anyway, she said she's just was took her a long time to get this through. Anyway, and she says as she's walking out, she's walking past this guy and he's like covered in tats and a really big bloke and she goes, I just wanted an E. And he goes, you better be careful what you say that, lady. <laughs> Be careful. 
So she was like, oh, I, I see oh. your drug story. I raised you on. So feel free yep. to, we'll do our talkback se- session yeah. on um, when have you uh, accidentally, stories. people thought you had drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. And the other thing that made me laugh was, um, this isn't making me laugh. I actually feel sad about it. But uh, scholarship singing of having a gap year out of home, which will be brutal for me because she does all my tech. No. Yes, she does. Number one daughter does a lot of tech too. Yeah. Um, and also because I love her, obviously. Um, <laughs> but I was telling Buzz and Woody, I said, oh, scholarships thinking of, because they were going to go to Europe, right? Yeah. You know, the whole three or four months overseas, can't do it. So her and her two besties are like, let's let's move out for a year. Just yeah. have it in as adventure. We can't afford to do Give it, it forever. They've been yep. saving all their money anyway. Yeah. So they're, you know, going and looking at rentals and. Anyway, and I was telling Buzz and Woody and they were just like mouth open staring at me. I'm like, what? And like, what? why would she want to leave this family? <laughs> There's so many great people here and we're all fun. <laughs> Just laughing. I was like, mate, there's good reasons why <laughs> she wants to leave. <laughs> We're all fun. We're all it's, fun. It's true. Just, they, can't, they just kept asking me, what What do you mean? She's going to move out. I just don't think oh, it's in their. Oh, they weren't happy. No, no, not happy. Just not in their comprehension yes. that she would want to go. I think they think you have to leave home. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they must like it here, so they that's nice. Must. Yeah, mine was from a, a Facebook page, a local group. I'm not going to read the person's name, obviously, but yeah. I I don't know if I was tired, but I could not <laughs> stop laughing. So the person says, "Hi, my name is Beep, yep. and I'm Beep years old, and I'm currently studying, but looking for some extra cash. I can walk your dogs or bog sit overnight." <laughs> People would call a poo. Yes, oh. outside of Australia, yeah, a bog. Oh. Or even the I'm going to the bog, which means you're going to the toilet. There was just so <laughs> many comments. They're like, you should change that, you should change that. Did they change it? Yeah, no, no, I don't think so. The bog's still but there. I can, I, can over, I can bog sit overnight. <laughs> I don't know why, but I could not stop laughing. <laughs> that was pretty funny. I know, it was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, dear, oh. autocorrect. Thanks for being here with us today again, Pease. Thank you for all the messages, the speak pipes. Yeah, there's there's new reviews, the likes on, Apple. on Instagram. Thank you. We oh. absolutely love it. Our Facebook page is back. back. Oh, we didn't even talk about that. We got taken yeah, down we got by taken the government. Down by the news. Well, by Facebook. By Facebook. Yeah, they took it down. What? How? In any universe, are we well, news? We news. <laughs> You know, but it was like in the beginning I thought, oh, this is funny. And then after a week or so I was like, shit, it's not coming back. And we're middle-aged women. We're sort of in the Facebook demographic. Yes, we are. That's right. So The kids don't use it. No, no, but we have been groomed to use it for the last 16 years. So, And and a lot of our people are on there. That's right. Thankfully the hangout remained. Yeah. But, yes, we put our new apps up there. It gets good traction. Yeah, and we can share stuff. So anyway, it's back. We went to our local MP. Thank you to our beautiful listener, Ariel, who said to me, you can go to your local MP yeah. about this. And it worked. And it worked. I, wrote, I emailed knew? them back and I said, well, lo and behold, <laughs> like a 90-year-old woman, I was like, I am stunned. I know. <laughs> she's like, no, that's what your local MPs are there for. Amazing. And I was like, okay, I never asked for anything. No, no. Anyway, 
It's back. It's so, back. So I don't know if you missed it, but it's back. We also, like, there's, I know people are going to add us. We need, we can't just rely on Facebook. No, no, no. We do have um, a The podcast website. is still here. We do have a website. And so, the podcast, thankfully, too lovely, Andrea gets loaded up every week on there. Yeah, that's right. So, so if you ever we'll lose always us, be there. If yeah. you can't find us, if Instagram goes or whatever. Yeah, we've got the two Ps website. Just go to the website and yeah. we'll get our crap together and it'll be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we will maybe. But, you know, we'll we can't try. make an app like Mamma Mia or anything. Oh, like, no, we can't. It's just like, okay, now we've got an app. I, I know, was like, yeah. wow. Well, that's a lot of money Amazing. and you're very smart. Yeah, very um, smart. And thank you to our supporters, even though we've spoken about you. Please go rate and review. Yes. It makes a huge difference to tick those little five stars and it gets us in the charts and then other people find us. Yep. So let us know what you thought about Lisa and we'll see you next week. Bye. Okay, bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.